0: Um, so we go out on a, a small trip uh, rural, to rural communities, take our senior high school students. They volunteer a week of their holidays, they pay for it to go and serve others and uh, we have four trips heading out from our combined Refresher North Pine next Sunday, so no doubt you'll hear a bit about it next week at church as well, but do pray for those trips. Um, pray that COVID doesn't have a funny twist between now and then and that it will be fantastic. And if you've never been to Monto, Iadsfold, Surratt or Injune and you feel like you want a Stormco touch, take next week off and do a couple of days in each place. You'll see what it's all about. <laughs> um, so if you've been with us for the last few weeks, last week we finished off a series on love dates and heartbreaks and uh, I think it was a... a well-received series on relationships, and um, we had a lot of a lot of fun, and I think a lot of people connected in different places and spaces to that message, uh, looking at relationships from a Christian point of view. Today we're starting, and next week we're ending, a very short mini-series called Shining Through, and it's a series that looks, um, I suppose, at the early church, the church that started out... Um, Uh, after Jesus went to heaven and what we can glean from that in difficult times and so our topics the last weeks have probably had a lot of laughter today I feel like it's a bit heavy but I hope that um, it connects into you and um, that you uh, feel blessed by what God can speak into your life today you know one of the uh perhaps very objectionable, irrational and criticised aspects of Christianity is this statement here. Let's just see if I've got my clicker working. We turn to God or Christians turn to God when bad things happen, believing he could have kept them happening in the first place. I'll say it again. We as Christians turn to God when bad things happen when we believe he could have stopped them happening in the first place. It's quite a bizarre thing that we should turn to the very one who we think, believe, could have stopped it happening from the first place. Or sometimes we find ourselves in the same position for a friend trying to comfort them in a difficult time when we believe in a God who could have stopped it happening in the first place. It seems crazy, perhaps somewhat naive or deluded and for some people it's the reason that they have stepped away from faith completely. Not last year, but the year before, uh, our chaplains across Australia got together in October. So that would have been 2019. And um, we had a fantastic time. But just towards the end of that, one of our chaplains' uh, wife was heavily pregnant. And uh, he had to rush away because something was going amiss. And it turns out that that little baby was born in December, a few months later, to find out that she had cancer. Now, many of you will have seen a thread on Facebook called Pray for Imogen. So Imogen Ray is a little baby. Um, Her dad is a chaplain at one of our sister schools in Newcastle. She was diagnosed with a stage four very rare cancer. And they set up a feed on Facebook and Instagram Hashtag pray for Imogen. And right through, very consistently, even up to yesterday, they continue to give updates on Imogen. They continue to praise God for the blessings along the way, uh, that she's now 18 months old and that she is continually fighting. She's been on chemotherapy all of this time and continually fighting this disease. They've been reaching out across the world, ...for people to pray for Imogen and she's still with us. She's growing hair, she's sitting up and doing little things and we don't know what the future holds but many of us pray for Imogen. Only a few months ago there uh, was a feed that came up to pray for somebody else, pray for Shani... Now, Shani is a young adult, 22. She was a teacher at one of our sister schools in Adelaide for the last two years at Prescott Primary Northern. And in late March, she was diagnosed with cancer also. But sadly, this week, on Monday, we had the news that she passed away. And I sat in my car and I cried. (laughs) I don't even know Shani, But um, I went to college, university with her mum and dad, and I just thought it was so, so sad. It is so, so sad. It just overwhelmed me completely. And so you look at these, and, and the, you look at these two situations, and as Christians, you go, what, what? I put this question up. Oh, there you go. I forgot I had these slides. There's a limogen that was posted as of yesterday, and that's her sisters praying for her. She's got four sisters. And uh, this is beautiful Shani. This photo here is her graduation from Avondale just two years ago where she is just sharing her dream. She just fell in love with teaching and she was so excited to have received a position to teach and she had dreams and hopes to be English as a second language teacher because she fell in love with Cambodia um, on mission trips. Um, You know, the question that we come away with is what do we do with this? What do we do with this as Christians? You know, the men and women of the Bible in their times, they also experienced suffering and prayers that weren't answered in the way that they had hoped. And so today, we're actually looking at, it's not a lot of my words, it's a lot of the words from the Bible, from the scripture today. Uh, And if you have your Bible with you or on your phone, you're welcome to look it up. I'm going to be using the NIV Um, translation but it will also be on the screen. I want to take up the context here. It's about 15 years after Jesus had gone back to heaven and this is the story that we're going to take up in Acts chapter 12 and um, these uh, people in this story come to a point of the similar like what's happening here? Where is God in all of this? What is going on? And so we're going to pick it up here with Acts chapter 12 and verse 1. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church intending to persecute them. Now Herod here is the grandson of Herod the Great, the the Herod that we hear of in the Christmas story. And that Herod was a very violent man. And so was this Herod, his grandson. Unfortunately, he had carried on that trait And because um, politics gets in the way of so many things, this guy here uh, wanted to side with some of the Jews who weren't happy with this newfound thing called Christians or followers of Jesus that was growing and thriving in the area that they were living. And so Herod thought for a political move, what he would do is try to track down some of these people who belong to the church and persecute them put them through difficult times. And the sum he was particularly looking for were those 12, 11, 11 apostles that had been the key uh, instigators in this movement of what was become known as Christianity. The message for today, I remember reading this story not that long ago, maybe a couple of years ago, um, when I went through the book of Acts. And it the similar thoughts jumped out at me when I read the story as to what we'll discover today. And this is what happens: He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. Now I don't know if you realize that very early in the in the in the um, years past Jesus uh, returning to heaven, we have the first apostle, the first disciple, persecuted. And killed for his faith. And that was John, James and John. You hear those names many times in the stories about Jesus. We call it in the Gospels, in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. And here James is killed, is uh, one of these key leaders of this movement. And you can imagine the people of the day thinking, what is going on here? What is going on here? Here is one of our key leaders and he has been killed. But it doesn't stop there because Herod knows really the key person in this movement is this guy, Peter. When he, Herod, saw this, was met with so much approval amongst the Jews that they were so excited that James had been killed that this might dampen down this new movement of what was called Christianity, he proceeded to take Peter too. He thought, if I could get Peter, this is really going to dampen this movement. And he decided he would do this during a festival, a, a Jewish festival called the Festival of Unleavened Bread. He, uh, and he did. He got him. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handed him over to be guarded by four squads of public trial after the Passover. He really wanted to make a really big thing of this. And it was really a big political move for him that he would be able to win uh, points from the Jewish community over which he actually ruled. Well, you can imagine um, that uh, these guys here were wondering, okay, now what? So what did they do? So Peter was kept in prison, but the church, these followers of Jesus, these new Christians, earnestly prayed to God for him. And this is where this story, in very conundrum that we started with, that we turn to God in difficult times when we knew, when we believe he could have stopped them in the very first place. Here we find these early Christians doing the very same thing that we do today. We might think we're crazy. Well, they were crazy too. In fact, we got our crazy from them. And if it wasn't for them, we have today. These are the people that were closest to the action. These are people who uh, knew people that walked and talked with Jesus, some of them would have even done it themselves. They were in the thick of it. They were closest to the action. And they knew Jesus personally or firsthand, but they were not immune to difficult times, to suffering, or to prayers that weren't answered in the way that they would have hoped. These people turned to God. They came to God even when God could have stopped it happening. I want to just jump ahead we're going to come back to this story peter doesn't die um so there's a bit of a what do you call that in a movie where you the spoil there's the spoil and i think you most of us will know that he doesn't die at this particular time but he writes a letter later in the bible at the very end of the bible there are three letters peter writes uh two Hello? Uh, that he writes. And in that, he writes these words, which are really, I think if we're going through difficult times, can be very confronting. Oh, there we go. Jesus followers has asked. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah. Should, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, here's a guy who knew what it was like to suffer. Here's a guy who knew what it was like to be in prison, to be wrongly accused. In fact, after this story, after this whole incident passes when we finish the story a little later on, Peter actually becomes a fugitive. He actually is somebody who who goes into hiding for what they think was possibly 10 or more years. He goes into hiding. Um, Peter knows what it's like to live in a difficult circumstance and he starts in this account he says praise be to God our Lord and Father it doesn't really make sense to be able to praise God in the difficult times but here is a man who's been there done that and says praise be to God And the reason he says that is because of this. In his great mercy, in God's great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He says, I knew this guy. His name is Jesus. I walked with him. I talked with him. I knew this guy. And he is my living hope because he loved me, some of us may be familiar with Peter, but he was a character when he was with Jesus. He was a bit rough on the edges. He liked to say things immediately as they came to his mind. He, he was, a, he was a, a work in progress. Maybe that sounds like you. It certainly sounds like me. Lots of things didn't make sense to Peter. And Jesus' death and resurrection was the icing on the cake. Didn't make sense. But he experienced the love of Jesus. He saw his death. He experienced his resurrection. And he says, this one thing I know, I know Jesus. And he is my living hope. In spite of the difficulties, in spite of the, ta- the hard things that are going on, Our hope is anchored to Jesus and what he did for us. This is what Peter believed. He goes on to say, In all this you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. This is confronting. This is hard. How do we rejoice in the trials that we are going through. How do we do it? But he's encouraging us and he's he's saying, my testimony to you is rejoice in these times of trial. It is in the big picture, the really big picture, of what we as Christians believe of eternity is a small time. And I can vouch for, and I know probably every single one of you can vouch for, that in the midst of a difficult time, it does not feel like a short time. One day feels like a very long time. Sometimes one hour feels like a very long time. But Peter tries to encourage us here in these words that he is writing. He says, These things have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. He's saying your faith will shine through. Your faith will shine through in your dark times. And I was looking around here and I almost thought maybe we should just turn off all the lights. If we turned off every light, these little tiny lights that are on the stairs, they would shine through. As little as they may be, they would shine. And Peter is encouraging us here, as difficult as this is, to say, hey, in these dark times, your faith is going to bring praise and glory to God. People are going to look at you and be inspired and encouraged because your faith is shining through. Though you have not seen him, how true is that? We've, I've never eyeballed Jesus. Peter did. But he's saying this to you and I today. You, we haven't seen him. He says, but you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him. And you are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. He wants us to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, on his death and his resurrection and what that means in the very big picture of life. Is it easy? No way. But he wants to encourage us In whatever difficult times we will or are going through, He wants us to know He's been there too. And He pens these words for you and I today. You love Him, you believe in Him. You can almost say here, Peter is saying, so Peter, are you saying we can expect difficult times? Yep. I mean, we don't have to look around the world too far to see the, the earth writhing in the weight of, of, of sin, of what we call that decay of, of sin that entered our world. We, we don't have to look far. So as Christians... Unfortunately, we can expect, in fact, many times in the word of God, God never promises that unfortunate things, difficult things, tragedy is not going to befall on us. But he does promise that he will be with us. He does promise promise that he will be always with us. We can anchor our faith and our hope on him. We do not anchor our faith and our hope on our circumstances. We do not anchor our faith and our hope even in a book or what others may say, as we had on the screen before we anchor our hope in Jesus. Peter said... No, my faith does not depend on these things. Life is very random, very inconsistent, very difficult to understand. There are many questions I have. Why did Shani die so quick, so young? Why is Imogen still alive? We want them both to be alive and healthy and well. I can't answer that. You are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Our hope will not be in vain. Our hope will not be in vain. When we go back to the story now, remembering Peter penned these words after this story happened, we have here Peter is in prison. And I'm just going to jump back. Peter is in prison. And I'm going to tell the story, but you can read it through uh, the rest of of chapter 12. he's in prison one night and an angel taps him on the shoulder, pretty much. Hey, Peter, get up. And Peter's chains fall off and gates that you might come to in various places, parting the waters The soldiers are oblivious and he walks out in the dark of night out into the street, out of this prison, out of the way of this entourage of guards and just out onto the street. And this is where verse 11 says, "'Then he came to himself and said, "'Now I know without a doubt the Lord has sent his angel "'and rescued me from Herod's clutches "'and from everything the Jewish people were hoping to happen.'" For a while there, he's thinking, is this a dream? Am I just am I just dreaming this? But he comes to this realisation that, no, this is not a dream. And then he knows that there is a group of people praying for him. Somehow, obviously, this message must have got to him, or maybe he didn't know they were praying for him. Maybe he just knew this is where they would gather. And he heads over to this home and... In the dark of night, he knocks on the door. Now inside, if you remember, back at the start, it said the church was earnestly praying for him. So we can imagine a room in the, dark of, in the deep dark of night. These people have gathered together and they're praying. Was it the first night or the second night or the third night? I'm not sure. But these guys are praying for, for Peter. I'm guessing they're praying for his release. And we hear then, uh, there's a knock on the door in the night. And this young girl, maybe someone, you know, around year 10, year 11, who knows, comes to the door, her name is Rhoda, and she, she peeks out the door, and she sees it's Peter. And she is so astonished that he should be at the door, she runs back without opening the door, and she runs back to the group who are praying and says, Peter's at the door, Peter's at the door, Peter's at the door, and they, you're crazy. I don't know what that says about prayer, but perhaps they certainly weren't anticipating their prayers to be answered either so quick or in that way. I'm sure they were hoping for an answer to prayer. Maybe it's the same for us when we pray. We don't anticipate the way that God is going to answer that prayer. I think many times than not, it's a totally different way than we expect or in a different time frame than we expect. Is it easy? <laughs> no. These guys are praying, Peter's at the door, Peter's at the door. Come on, Rady. <laughs> Don't be silly. No, no, Really? As it turns out, Peter was at the door. And he does get let in. And he, he talks to them. Peter motioned with his hands for them to be quiet. Remember, it's the middle of the night. We know what, how noise travels in the middle of the night. We also know that Peter's head, Peter's life is on trial here. He certainly doesn't want the neighbours to know that Peter's not in prison anymore, particularly if they happen to be siding with Herod. Shh, shh, shh. And he tells them how the Lord has brought him out of prison. There are times in our lives where, many times, where God brings us out of those difficult times. We need to testify of those. We need to share those. How has God worked in your life this week? It may not mean that he solved the difficult time. He may have brought you through the difficult time. Do we share that to our friends? Have we shared it with our children, with our students at school? Because this work, God does not abandon us in the difficult times. We need to testify. Peter sat down. He talked to them. This is how the Lord worked in my life tonight. And we might think, yeah, God doesn't do anything quite that spectacular for me. But I think no, no regardless of how, what we would think how big or small God has worked us through a situation, it is a miracle and it is worth testifying about. You see, in spite of the randomness, as we said, the inconsistencies and the unanswerable difficulties in life, we can have hope. hope. I'm guessing, you know, that question that we started with, these people had... James didn't make it. Peter has. Why? These are the things that we can't understand the inconsistencies and the unanswerable. It doesn't make sense to us. What we do know is this. We can have this hope because of these things. Paul writes these words. We can, don't need to grieve like those who grieve who have no hope because we have hope. As Peter writes, we can give our anxieties our worries because when life is difficult, when things aren't working out, it's such a natural response for us to worry and be anxious. It is so human. But as as hard as it may be, let's pick them up. Let's give them. Let's cast at Jesus Because, as the writer of Hebrews says, we can approach God's throne. Let's call that prayer. We can approach God with prayer, with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and grace to help us in the time of need. This verse here is one of our favourites. Ethan learnt it from when he was very, very young from a kid's church. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer, give our requests to God. That the next part is awesome, right? And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So much we can't answer. So much we can't understand. But God can give us peace in spite of that chaos. A peace that makes no sense. It is above our understanding. It's above others who might be our friends or look at us understanding, it. it doesn't make sense. But peace in the middle of the storm. I have a rock here. I want you to imagine that rock is Jesus. Because our hope is in Jesus alone. In his love, in his death, and his resurrection. And that to me... Jesus is like this rock. It's pretty heavy. It's pretty solid. I wanted a bigger rock, but Mark wasn't willing to go and get me a bigger one. (laughs) But you know what? I didn't know if it would be too confronting, but I was going to give you all paper to write down a struggle that you're going through. Um, So you can imagine you're doing it with me. Be aware that there are people in this room who are going through relational struggles right now. It's difficult and it's hard. And you may be saying, where are you, God? Or why, God? Let me tell you, I can answer the first one. God is right next to you. I can't answer the next one. Why, God? I don't know. But what I do know is that you can take that and whatever it is, as Peter said, I, I can throw this at this rock. I don't know how good my aim is today. Let me try. Yep, yeah, bad. <laughs> I can throw it at the rock. What did it do to the rock? Nothing. That rock is solid. That rock is strong. That rock is sure. That rock is going nowhere. If that's you, if you've got a relational struggle right now, God is your anchor. Trust in him. There are people here, I know, that financially, it's a challenge. COVID has not been kind to us. And some of your hopes and dreams in that space financially have have to be put aside. It's not easy. There are days you wonder how. How are you going to get through? But the same. We can throw this at this rock. Let me try again. I oh, got it. It's not changing. It's your anchor, your strength is God. A big one. We have these struggles. It's a hard journey. We have baby Imogen, many of us are praying for. Where are you, God? He's right there. And we can the same. He's not going to change, He's your rock. And I'm going to go through these. We have emotional questions, stresses, strains. We have work, colleagues we may struggle with. And many other aspects. We have spiritual questions. Even maybe abuse. I don't know. But sometimes it's really, really hard. I think... We all fit into one of these today. Possibly. I do. And whatever we do, however we, we throw them at this rock, however, whatever happens, this rock is not going to change. Jesus is your anchor. Don't look at your circumstance, don't look at others. Just know your hope, your trust is in him. Does it always make sense? Mm -mm. The cross didn't make sense. The resurrection doesn't make sense. You believe and you love. That's it. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, I... um, the singers come up Lord we're going to sing about the goodness of God to shine through sometimes when life is tough but how wonderful it is that God you are good We pray for Shani's family and I received a text from her mum and she finished with, how good is God, can't wait till Jesus comes. Help us, Lord, to keep our focus on you, not on our circumstances. Amen.